0: Hi guys, and welcome to the Fail Fighters Podcast, a show that's all about celebrating the art of learning from your mistakes. I'm Carrie James, and today we have Miss Nhi Kin from Vietnam to share with us what it was like to be the youngest founder and CEO to ever go on Shark Tank. Nhi is a young entrepreneur that started the lifestyle and fashion recommendation app called Fleek, as in on Fleek, in Ho Chi Minh City in 2016 while she was just a 19-year-old student still in university. Not only did the app take off and get its first seed round of funding, Nie even made it so far as to pitch and be accepted to the infamous Shark Tank Vietnam TV show, only to watch the app and the company all come crashing down beneath her feet. This episode is full of both life and business lessons, as well as some quick tips on how not to get your startup off the ground, so you might want to take some notes. Without further ado, Miss Nie Kin. All right, guys, welcome to the Fail Fighters Podcast, which is a show that's all about learning from your mistakes. Today, we're joined by a very special guest, and it's uh, one of the first female entrepreneurs that we've had on the show so far, so pretty excited for that. It's Miss Nhi Kin from Vietnam. She is the former founder of the application Fleek, which is a lifestyle and fashion app out of Vietnam, and she is one of the youngest, if not the youngest, uh, person that's ever been on the TV show Shark Tank Vietnam. So really excited to have her on the show. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Nhi.
1: Hi, everybody. Wow, that was such an intro. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie. Hi, I'm Ni nee, and I am very, very excited to be on the podcast.
0: Great. So we actually, we had Ni nee before in one of our events. So she was uh, working together with our founder, Tomas, and uh, it, was, it was a really good show. She was actually the host of one of the events, so has been part of the Fail Fighters family. Go ahead and tell us, how's, uh, how's things going these days? Are you still working in the application space or, or doing something new?
1: Well, a lot has changed, but basically, long story short, I wrapped up Fleek. It's a previous chapter and now I'm on to the, my next endeavor. right? Currently I'm I'm more involved in the production slash film slash commercials industry, which is completely it's very exciting for me because just like how I started with the fleek, I'm starting everything from basically ground like zero. So it's, it's something new, you know, and the feeling itself, it's, it felt the same way as when I started with league. So I'm, I'm happy where I am right now.
0: Awesome. So you made the switch from being a founder of a startup, a funded startup to going into filmmaking. So now you're, you're in, in that space. So it's a totally different world, but I'm assuming there's a lot of uh, transfer of skills that you can use from one, one space to the next. But before we dive into all that, before we dive into your story, I would love to hear how are you holding up during this whole quarantine?
1: I'm holding up great. I mean, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound weird, but because I know a lot of people are struggling, but for me personally, this, this is something that had to happen. So I can actually make the plans that I or you know, progress with the plans that I've been wanting to make. And the the, the thing that I realized about not just myself, but you know, a lot of people is we, we have so many things that we say, or we quote-unquote plan we would do but never actually end up doing it there's a lot of talking but not a lot of action and so I don't know about other people I'm sure people experience this too but for me this is the break that that was sort of like a push it's a motivation for me to do a lot of the stuff that I that I said I would do so it's great.
0: Awesome. So it's like uh, almost like a dream, having all this this time to be creative, to seek out uh, new new creative inspiration, to come up with new ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Actually take action. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. Takes action, first- right? right to to take action. Cool. So you you're currently at home in quarantine, you're hanging out in Vietnam. Things are things are going well. So let's jump back a couple of years. It was I think in 2017 or 16 when you first started your your application, right?
1: Yes. Correct.
0: Okay. So Go ahead and tell us about that. Go ahead and, go ahead and uh, share the story. Because as, as you know, Fail Fighters, it's all about uh, you know, learning from your mistakes or learning from your past experiences. I hate to, to label it too yes. much mistakes, but it's uh, the overwhelming theme of, of the guests that we have on the show is they share with us what they did and what they learned from it you know, when they you know, had some challenges, when they overcame obstacles, and how that shapes their, their you know, life, their career today. So starting from, from the beginning, go ahead and uh, tell your story
1: well, it's it all started with this sounds like a cliche, but it it really, truly was started with a single idea. It was not it was not even an idea. It's like a concept that I had and coupled that with like a spark of intense passion, I guess. but i I just had this thought that, you know a lot of questions as to why we don't see more of these personal styling. Have a platform here in Vietnam, even though I know clearly that there was a need for that, at least amongst my circle of friends. How, you know, despite how much of a niche that would be, we get onto that later on. But I just had this idea, and I, I, I have been observing actually e-commerce for quite a couple of years because we did some um, we did some research regarding the topic in in university, and so I have certain understanding about that and i just thought well you know it would be hell it would be really cool to have it here and clearly there's a need for that so how come no one's doing it and it i think what was so incredible about that period of time that it never occurred to me that perhaps i'm not the person for it i didn't even like that the, the thought didn't even occur to me i just thought no one's done it then i would do it so that's how i got started and then it took a while for people to know about the you know the product or the the app so it actually took a year before we had any type of investment and that's where shark tank came in which was another crazy milestone because i didn't expect that to happen at all i imagined it to be some you know angel investor from singapore or malaysia or hong kong or taiwan somebody that has some spare disposable money on the side that would like to invest in a young startup like myself or a young entrepreneur like myself. So that's how I imagined it, but none of that worked out. I think I probably sent like 200 emails, cold calls, of course. And then, yeah. And then fast forward, I got the, the investment from Shark Tank and, you know, the rest is history.
0: All right. Well, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy to to, to think because when you were saying your, your group of friends at the time, they had never really thought of it. But what a lot of people don't realize is at that time, you were actually still in university, right?
1: Yeah, I was 19, 20, 20 at the time.
0: 19 years old, starting your, already creating your first startup that actually. It takes, started- it
1: takes some, night you know, you need, you need it to be naive. <laughs> That's what I think. You need it to have some of that innocence still left in you to actually get on with something like this.
0: Interesting. Interesting you say that. Okay, open that up a little because the often you, you see people, they, they wait years and years and years to even come up with the idea, to even nail down mm-hmm. the idea and to execute on it. But you say it, it takes naivety to, to yes. jump into something like this. Okay, what exactly do you mean by that?
1: I mean, I I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not I'm, I probably don't have enough experience to say this and to categorize everybody, but I do from observation. I do think that sometimes you just gotta do it to really figure it out. Because, and one thing that I that I've noticed is the the common notion, you know, the, the notion that people have is that well, you don't have experience in it. How are you gonna get started? But the truth is, you're never gonna have experience in, in unless you do it. And the thing is, even if you have been working for, let's say, I don't know. Zalora at the time or Lazada for years, you might not, it, it, sure, you gained some skill set. You have experience in the industry, but that doesn't translate to your own business because every business is, is unique in and of itself. So, really, I do think that if I look back at it and I, I want to give myself an advice, my you know, then self, my 19 year old self, I would still say just do it to figure it out. Obviously, right. along the way, there were mistakes. And things that i could have done better but that was irrelevant to the fact that i got started you know what i mean you make mistakes either way that's all i'm saying
0: right so you're saying that regardless of whether or not it turned out the way you wished it would have turned out you still would have started just to have had that experience right
1: right and who 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 is who's to say where it's going to take me? you know what i mean no no nobody knows
0: Okay. So let's, so jumping back into the story, you, you were 19 years old when you first started the CEO of a company at tw- 19 years old. And then a year later, you pitched it to Shark Tank and got accepted. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what like, you know, as people, uh, you know, that are listening from, from all over the world right now, you know, Shark Tank, it's not only in the United States, it's in different countries around the world. So Vietnam has their own version of Shark Tank. And yes. you got on the show, somehow, you sent out all these emails, you hustled, and you made it happen. What happened on the show?
1: It was, it, well, first of all, the show, it was the first season. And which got, my point was, I told you everybody make mistakes either way. Well, Shark Tank, Vietnam, make mistakes. They dragged on, actually, they dragged on for a very long time. There's a reason why I sent in the application in 2017. And I I didn't pitch until late 2018 because the show dragged on. There was a lot of mistakes that they made. Initially, they were accepting foreigners, but eventually they said no. They rejected all profiles from, you know, foreign-owned companies. And then, you know, yada, yada, yada. I, in total, I did, I did three, well, no, I did, uh, two pitches, including the last one, which was the one that was aired on TV. So they did three screenings, screening rounds. The first round was just online application. So if you're shortlisted for that one, then you go to the next pitch, which was the second round, and that's the one that I went to. And then after that one, they will shortlist 100 best and most potential startups to Eventually go on the show. And this is 100 startups from around Vietnam, the whole country. So it's not just regional. And then eventually 100 startups meet up in Saigon and they pitch on the show.
0: Okay. So you got to go pitch. And and for people out there who don't know much about Vietnam, it's actually exploding right now on the startup scene in terms of Southeast Asia as a whole. It's it's seeing so much growth in startups and commerce and, and, you know, internet businesses of all different types. So that was a pretty big deal. Uh, to be able to make it that far, so on 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 the actual show, what would you say? Like, h- how did things play out? Because as we all know, you you did end up you know winning or you know mm-hmm. however you want to quote unquote winning. But how did it how did it actually play out on the show?
1: Well, I, first of all, I was freaking nervous, and without having to curse, I was freaking nervous. The thing is, I I was never really nervous for a pitch because I I don't want to sound like a a snob but because I've done quite a lot of pitches even in, in you know universities where I had to stand in front of real clients so I've I'm always I've been pretty confident you know I've done this before I practice on all of that but literally 10 minutes before going on to pitch in front of the sharks the investors I it didn't dawn on me that this was going to be on national TV until that moment so that was when I I freaked out a little bit because you have all this like horrible scenario of you saying something stupid. uh, And it's, everybody would see it and not to mention, let's be real. Like every reality show manipulate the content, you know, sometimes they would do things out of context for the sake of being entertaining. So that was that, that, that was like crippling fear that I had before I, I went up, on stage and like suddenly everything went wrong. Like my makeup didn't turn out right. I didn't like my outfit. My hair was horrible. If you go back, those were all true. Like (laughs) you could still see it in the video. Everything looked horrible and I didn't like the way I looked. So all of a sudden I felt so insecure, but you know, it's too late. (laughs) So I had to go on anyway. So when when they said, when they told me that Okay, we decided to invest. After that I went to lunch with my business partners and they bought me a glass of wine and cheered. I was so not like I was so I felt so surreal. I still didn't know what happened. And they told me, you know, you 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 got the money, right? And I was like, Yeah, I think so.
0: You think so. Yeah. And just so you guys know, so. the drinking age in Vietnam is is uh what is it 18 to, you were allowed to drink then being 20 years old at the time.
1: <laughs> I was allowed. Come on.
0: Yeah, totally totally legal.
1: <laughs> thanks for thanks for reminding. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, it's it well it's crazy to to think cuz of, of course, you know, you're you're a 20-year-old girl and you're going on national TV. Of course you're going to be uh, feeling a little nervous, getting some butterflies, worrying about how you look—all these kinds of things. But the fact that you actually won—it's just—it's—it's it's wild to hear that. So, how much? Give it. Shoot, shoot us. Shoot us some numbers. How much did you win? Who invested? Did they yell at you? <laughs> what, what happened? Uh,
1: they didn't yell at me. I mean, they—they they were fine. I, I had no problem with the sharks. You know, the deal was a hundred thirty grand for, I believe, forty percent of. Equity, which was crazy, and oh, and also the thing is, I was the only startup on the the show at the time that didn't have a product, didn't have a working, marketable product. I only had an MVP and some statistics on the side that you know proved the concept and to show that I have waiting lists and early birds but that was all that I had. So I, I didn't have a working product, mainly because I didn't have enough capital to finish the app. That was why. So yeah, anyway, so that's, that's why the, the equity I had to give away was so crazy. And
0: 40% is what they want. Yeah. Wow. It's
1: I mean, it's a deal with the devil. Let's be real.
0: <laughs> and uh, and just to clarify, so what exactly did the app do? Like what what's the elevator pitch for the app?
1: Well, so the idea is that you sign up on the app just like every other shopping app. But, but the last step that you do is you fill in a little style profile. That's what we called it. And af- it's just a quick, you know, it's like a, it's like Tinder for style. You just pick what style you like and then da, 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 They we match you with a stylist that will be handling your recommendations from then on. So starting from that point, you will receive weekly recommendations based on your profile and the next level of the app is obviously artificial intelligence where, you know, the, there will be machine learning process where, you know, it will observe if you like something, if you don't like something. And then based on that, based on that data from your past purchases, from your favorite pieces from your aftercard pieces, it'll recommend pieces that basically match the one that you like visually. So that was the whole idea of it. I mean it, it was a grand vision. That's exactly what Stitch Fix is doing actually. Wildly successful in the US
0: Okay, so it was definitely a winning idea. And the Sharks saw that, you saw that, and you know, your team saw that there's a lot of people that were, were behind it. But as we all know, it didn't end up uh didn't end up panning out, so... Yeah, it didn't
1: end up taking off.
0: What was, uh, what's, what's the, I guess the story behind that? Did the sharks not come through or...
1: Well, I would say the sharks had little to do with it. It was more the, it was more us. Obviously the management team, we had internal problems that we could have solved regarding a numbers... There were miscalculations and then there were marketing stuff that we could have done better. But then if I really take a step back and look at look at what happened from an objective point of view and just trying to be fair, I would say simply because the, the idea or the product, it was not tailored to fit the general Vietnamese population. And so that's actually the number one lesson that I learned if I do ever start a business again, which is, to be honest, quite highly possible, is I would really put on my businessman thinking hat and really look at who am I targeting? Really, because, you know, Vietnam, 70% of the people still live outside of the city. And it sounds like a, a very simple diplomatic sentence, but if you really look at it, They think very different. Honestly, when you live in Saigon, especially if you live amongst, you know, the people that are very fashionable, people that speak very good English, it's so easy to have this illusion of what Saigon or Vietnam is. That's the biggest problem that I had, I think. I don't think I was being realistic with what what was I trying to do do, what was the product, and who am I really serving?
0: Okay, so it's uh, the takeaway, I guess, there is to know your product and know your market, know, know, know who, you're, who you are serving.
1: Yeah, like really know it.
0: Okay, um, so it's it, it sounded like it, it, it wasn't like uh, overnight that things just kind of like panned out. It was just like it didn't take off over, over the course mm-hmm. of a year, two yes. years, or okay.
1: Well, less than a year, I would say around six or seven months.
0: Right, it's a, yeah. a fun lesson to learn, huh?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, totally
0: cool. So, as a true fail fighter, you kept moving forward. You kept going. Before we jump into what you're doing today, which I'm really excited to hear about, one question, which some one of our our uh, one of the people we we told that you were going to be on the show today, they asked, "What did it feel like to be the youngest person to win Shark Tank? Like, what did that actually feel like to you as as a person?"
1: An imposter? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really, and to this day, I still think it was pure luck somehow, you know, the stars aligned and my investors figured out that this was a, a potential idea, which it it really is. And I still stand for that to, to this day. Like it was a great idea. It worked up in other places, you know, but it didn't work here. I can't tell you whether it has more to do with the market or more to do with me. But yeah, if I look back at it and, and, you know, think about how I even got the investment, I would say it had to do with luck and it had to do with presenting the right information during the pitch. So,
0: okay. So right place, right, right time, right person, right products, mm-hmm. just, uh, not the right market necessarily. Perhaps yeah, or not the but- right founder. <laughs> uh, so, what well, you said, imposter syndrome, which is something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs, people that are just starting out projects, they feel this. It's it's many people mm-hmm. feel this. So, what do you mean by imposter syndrome?
1: Well, personally, because I I know I know what I wanted at the time, and I wanted a lot of things, you know. And because n- right now I'm 23, and I feel like such a different person. I know this sounds crazy, oh, you know, you grow up, but I really do feel like a different person compared to my then 20-year-old self running a tech startup is that at the time I wanted things that were very, how do I put this? I would say they're very shallow. Um, I was after very shallow stuff. And now that I look back at it, I don't even want those things anymore. And perhaps that's part of the reason why the fleet chapter was wrapped up But that's what I mean by imposter syndrome is that I felt like I was chasing something that was, that maybe I didn't even want, maybe I just wanted, I just wanted to have a tech company or I just wanted to do this app because I thought it was cool, or I thought that it would give me some sort of gratification. That's that's what I meant by imposter because I knew, I, I know my intentions at the time weren't in the right places.
0: Right. Okay. So you knew then you were like, it's it's just, you were just going with it. You were going with the motions. You were, you were making things happen. Yeah. But there was that little voice that was like, is this it? Is this what I want to be doing?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, people hyped it up big time, you know? And especially if you, cause what, well, the reason why I was so motivated to do it was because when I talked to these uh, shop owners, these vendors, they were all like, yeah, this is a great idea. You know, I've been in the business for five years, 10 years, and I really do think this is what our customers need. And so I thought, holy shit, if these people, they think they agree with me, that's some kind of validation, isn't it? But perhaps it's really not validation that should be put on a scale. You know what I mean? Maybe that's not enough.
0: Right. So it was kind I'm of like, saying. yeah. yes, yeah, so it it's kind of like talking to the people that were telling you what you wanted to hear. At the time, but it wasn't exactly. necessarily the oh, right yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's that. That is a valuable lesson in whatever you do going forward. You know. So let's jump into the here and now. What's going on in the world today? What's what are your current projects that you're
1: working on? I'm currently I'm currently a, a producer at a production house. So we do a lot of commercials, specifically the ones you see on TV, on billboards for very big clients. So. That's that's fun. That's very exciting. And that's what I'm currently doing now. But on the side, I have a few personal projects relating to art, a lot of film stuff, some photography stuff that I want to get on, maybe some music. So really stuff that I, like I said, I, I have been wanting to do for a long time. And just to be a bit, just to put things into like a metaphor, I felt like the the fleet chapter or the, the disaster, the catastrophe that happened that had to bring fleet to an end is sort of like the Corona outbreak that's going on right now. For me, that was the Corona, my Corona at the time that it had to happen. I didn't like it, but it had to happen in order for the next things to be unfolded. So, so yeah, sorry, long story short, I'm, I'm, I'm in production. at film right.
0: Okay so you're you're an s- aspiring filmmaker you got do you got any projects of your own in the works or
1: Yeah I I have several ones but I I don't want to talk too, too much about them because they're still in development right. but I am mean, you know I'll you'll hear about them once they're done
0: Awesome yeah don't don't want to jinx them now cool Yeah So yeah it's 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 really interesting to hear it's like going from you know early success you know early Quote unquote success to jumping back into the world of the arts, jumping back into creativity. You said doing singing, things like that. So Mm -hmm. all the information that you know now and all the time that you spent doing what you were doing, of course, you know, as you said before, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it any other way. But if you Mm. could speak to yourself or a person in your same position a couple of years ago, just, you know, back when, when they were in college, they were 19 years old, what would you tell yourself then? What, what advice and, and, I guess take a pause on this one. So not what you think that people would want you to tell them, but what would you actually mm. tell them? Considering that now you're you're kind of going in the loop, you know, back around going for the arts, going finding out what you really really enjoy deep down, what would you tell them?
1: Them as in who Yourself. who are them? Sorry, I missed that. Yourself, part. sorry. Oh, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I would I would just say I would t- I would tell myself that it's okay to make sacrifices. Because I, I I I have this strong belief that you can't you can't have everything at once, and in order to have something great, you have to make a lot of sacrifices, and it's true. And you know, my younger self at the time, while I was focusing on taking my company off the ground, I also had this little guilt inside me that I kept feeling like. Cause I was still living with my parents at the time and my, my parents, they helped me fund some of the first steps of fleek. So they really helped me. And I would always come home at the end of the day thinking what I have missed out today, you know, compared to my, my peers, cause they went abroad, you know, they went traveling, they went to so many places. They went to all these like cool music festivals and, of course, they have to tell the world about it, <laughs> and so I felt I felt bad, and I pitied myself for missing out on that. But now that I, if I, so the only thing I would tell myself the time is, you know, it's a choice you make; it's a sacrifice. So what? And like I said, if I if I if I could do it again, I wouldn't change anything. So the guilt is gone now that I'm a bit older. I don't feel bad about it.
0: Okay. So you would tell them, do it anyways, sounds like.
1: Yeah. Mm. But you know, with the healthier mindset, because you don't want to go back home at the end of the day wondering what you've missed out on the world. I mean, it's horrible. And it doesn't help. It it's not helping at all. Right.
0: Okay. Super valuable because you know there's there's going to be people out there that are probably in the same position that are wondering, like, should I create this app? Should I do this? And it's it's uh, it helps to hear from people that have been in the position
1: before. Yeah, you know, I think if if it's delayed gratification, it's worth it. It's so easy to it's so easy to. I feel like we're in such an instant noodle culture. Everything has to be instant. Everything has to be fast. You know, our pace of life is ten thousand times faster than it was just sixty years ago. Not even not even a hundred years ago. So now it's it's especially with younger people like you and I. Everybody wants stuff fast now. And when you think like that, then you're truly missing out on things that are truly great. I th-
0: Yeah, it's it's a matter of of being okay with what you have and with what you don't have at the moment.
1: Yeah, and and to know that patience really is the virtue.
0: Okay. So so that's that's the uh the advice you'd give to to little Ni back in the day, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Cool. Well, um, awesome. Well, really appreciate having you on the show. Uh, it's it's been a long time coming. You know, when you when you did the the speaking event before, that was really amazing. But I think it's it's really cool to get oh, more of you, you know, an intimate sharing rather than big on stage. It's cool to hear from you, uh, one on one. Um. Oh yeah. Any shout outs or any call to actions that you would like to throw out to anybody that's listening to right now, in terms of uh, projects that you're working on or projects that you support, or how to get a hold of you.
1: Mm well i'm i have facebook i have linkedin those are pretty much the two platforms that i'm super active on i don't have an instagram but anyway regardless if anybody wants to get in touch talk about something anything just a network then i'm all i'm, I'm all for it mm-hmm. i'm very approachable is what i'm saying i know i don't look like i do but i really am
0: okay so don't be scared uh, don't be scared guys feel free to approach nee. she's uh, available on all the social media and when you check out our uh, Fail Fighters Facebook page and on the, the Spotify store Spotify and Apple and all that you can find her contact if you know you want to get a hold about business or something like that Any, yeah. any, or just talk
1: about food or films you know <laughs> fun or- stuff like that yeah or dogs I have three <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we'll send them your way. If you guys have any film or business ideas surrounding food or dogs, please send them his way yes. and uh, and she'll connect thank with you. you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh we look thank forward you, to seeing how the rest of the journey unfolds. All right?
1: All right. <laughs> I hope to catch up with you guys soon. I really do. All
0: right. Cheers. All right, guys, let's break that down. See, first, Ni had a few golden nuggets of advice that I think are really important to keep in mind when starting any type of project, not only the ones that involve fashion and startups. See, Ni started a company when she was still pretty young, literally still going to, to university. So some of us would say that the cards would be stacked against her, considering that she had less experience and industry knowledge than more seasoned veterans of the startup world. But looking back on things now, she said, and I quote, that it takes a sense of naivety to launch a business like that, meaning that her young age actually helped her to get it off the ground because she didn't have years of baggage to carry around and stop her from taking action. It's what we like to refer to as having the beginner's mind, which is when you begin a new venture or task with a mindset and attitude of openness and eagerness and a lack of preconceptions about what will work or not. Having worked in the startup scene and the wider business world for a while, I've seen countless potential entrepreneurs spend loads of time and energy thinking and thinking about an idea, and they completely miss the opportunity to take action on it. They end up missing the mark and talking themselves out of it in the end. When story, what Nyi's story shows is that sometimes you have to start with a bit of naivety or beginner's mind in order to have the energy and motivation to make things happen. If it could work for Yi and Mark Zuckerberg, why wouldn't it work for you? It was such a pleasure having Nia on the show today. She uh, had a, a lot of interesting pieces of information to share, and we hope to have her back on the show again eventually. Um, if you guys would like to reach out and connect with her about both her filmmaking and her business ventures, you can hit her up on either Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram as Nia Kin, or you can check her out on the Failfighters uh, Facebook.com page. Uh, and with that being said, guys, we appreciate you coming on the show and being a part of what we do. Our goal here at the Fail Fighters is to bring you one step closer to starting that project you've always dreamed about or overcoming the obstacles that hold you back in the projects that you're currently in. That's why each and every week we'll be bringing you more fell stories, more outlandish tales, and more fun facts and lessons. And that's also why we are going to need your help to like, comment, and rate the Fail Fighters podcast on the podcast store and to show us some love on our Facebook and Instagram pages to bring you the most relevant content possible we need to hear from you so if there's a specific topic you want to dive into a special guest you'd like first to have on the show or some burning question you're just dying to ask throw up a question on our fail fighters facebook page at www.facebook.com failfighters and we'll respond to them as soon as possible and with that being said i'm
1: carrie and i'll see you the next time and don't forget keep failing forward